0: good morning church man oh man yes celebrate praise god man it is great to be back here with all of you this morning i love the fact that we can come together and worship our awesome god and celebrate life change through his son jesus christ which makes all of it possible that what we do here at church um if you are new with us welcome Welcome to Vertical Church. We love the fact that you are here today. We celebrate the fact that you are joining us today. Uh, we hope that you enjoy your time with us. Uh, we hope we made you feel welcome and wanted, that you're willing to come back and hang with us on another Sunday. My name is Rich. I have the privilege to be one of the pastors on staff here. Uh, we are just stoked. If you do me a favor, if you are new, there's those, those orange cards, those connect cards right in front of you. Please fill that out and join us at the orange table after service because we want to connect with you more than just having you with us. Here in the Sunday morning, we want to know who you are and put some names to some faces um, and all that good stuff, right? right? Hey gang, open your Bibles if you would if to, to Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5, we're going to be starting at verse 13 a little bit this morning. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13, your Bibles or your Bible apps, I hope you have something with you to read God's Word so we can walk through it together. If not, don't fret, don't walk out, don't leave, You'll, they'll have the verses on the screen for you. Uh, but Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. But before we get into this morning's conversation, I want to <clears throat> give our attention to something that's taking place a couple weeks from now, and that is Easter. <laughs> Okay, we have one section excited over here. What are you doing back there? All right, come on, Easter. All right. um, in two weeks, we'll be celebrating probably one of the most significant days in Christian history. It's the day that our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior conquered the grave, right? He came, he lived the perfect life, he died on the cross for the sins of all humanity, and he rose from the grave three days later to provide a way back, a pathway back to God. And those who believe in him and surrender our lives to him, we receive a gift of eternal life. We receive a life of so much more that we have been walking through for the past four weeks. The gift of a restored relationship with our creator. And we celebrate this with great enthusiasm because this day is where our hope sits. Because if Jesus didn't conquer the grave... He didn't rise from the tomb. He is still dead. We are still dead in our sin. We are still separated from God. Our hope is useless. But because we know that's not true, because we know our Lord and Savior is alive, we celebrate. We celebrate. Listen. I know the greatest day of my life was when my eyes are open to God's love for me and I surrender my life to Him. Are you with me on that? Is, that? is that the greatest day of your life? So, this is what I wanna do. I wanna challenge you, church. If you're in this room and you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're in this room and you're seeking this relationship with Jesus Christ, at the end of this service, you're gonna get this little packet of cards. And What I want you to do is go out and put them in the hands of those who you want to see here on Easter morning. Put them in those hands of people in your life who are far from God that need to hear the greatest message ever given to mankind that Jesus saves. We all have those people in our lives. If you don't, go find a few. God has placed them in our lives in connections where we work, where we, where we live or in our school district or whatever it may be, they're in our lives, we're connected with them. God also puts them in our life for a moment. He brings them across our pathway for a purpose. God doesn't do anything by accident. And what we need to do is simply take hold of the opportunity to invite them. And I say simple because it is. Hey, I don't know what you're doing for Easter, how you celebrate celebrating Easter, but I'd love for you to join us at Vertical Church. Enough said. Hand out the invite card and walk away. <laughs> don't run. Walk away. But here's the thing. You know, God gives us those opportunities. This past week, he has given me a few. I was at a, a diner in Princeton having uh, breakfast with Scott Shipman from Helping His Hands, and we're hanging out and talking, and I walked up to pay the bill, and here the waitress was there. I was waiting for the whole time, and I was getting ready to hand her invite card. And I'm thinking, hmm, I looked down, and there's a vertical pen sitting right there. I'm like, easy peasy, yeah. right? So I handed her a card and said, hey, I don't know where you're celebrating Easter this year, but I'd love to join us at Vertical. She goes, oh, thank you so much. Have a great day, and we walked out. God gave me another opportunity when I was at the doctor's this week. Said, "Hey, I'm not feeling so well. I'm talking to the nurse. Hey, hey, I don't know which, what, what, what brings you to Fort Branch, Indiana? I'm like Jesus, and <laughs> I said, I don't know where you, if you connect with the church or where you're going to celebrate Easter, but I'd love for you to come join us at Vertical Church. Now, listen, that one was very hard. I say simple, but I'm going to say very hard because in that moment I realized as they said to me, Rich, you came to the doctor to get some medication because you have a cold." So at that moment, as I was losing my man card, I was handing them an invite card. It was not a good moment for me. But God gives us those moments. Amen? Amen. And what we need to do is be obedient and hand them out. Because Jesus changes everything. Well, this morning, we are bringing to close a series that I hope has built a deeper foundation of that phrase that I say all the time, that Jesus does change everything. That Jesus is the game changer for life. And over the past four weeks, we have been digging into the truth. That what we have been given in Jesus, we have given a life of so much more. A life to the full, the best possible life. That when we truly surrender our lives to Jesus, God opened the gate of our lives so we can experience true freedom. Who the sun sets free, we are free indeed. And what we've realized as we've walked through this series, that every single one of us this room, I don't care if you've been walking with Jesus for decades, or you're seeking Jesus right now, we have barriers that are in front of us. We have giants in front of us that are stopping us, blocking us from seeing and embracing all that Jesus has for us. And Jesus calls those things thieves and Robbers. And in John chapter 10, verse 10, he makes it really clear. This is kind of the basis of this series. He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I, Jesus, come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus not only sets the stage for life, like this is how you're called to live with me, but he also sets the bar for life. This is what a life looks like when you walk with me, you live with me. And so many of us are walking below the bar. We can't achieve it, we can't get there because we have these thieves and robbers that are killing and stealing and destroying God's best for us. So this whole series, we've been walking through this idea and this phrase that anyone or anything that's leading you away from Jesus, the promised life in him is a thief anyone or anything and we have been digging in each week identifying what these these thieves are and these robbers are confronting them with the power of the gospel the truth of the word that in Jesus we are more than we think that when we look in the mirror we start seeing ourselves as God sees us that in Jesus we are more than conquerors That in Jesus we are completely victorious and continually victorious. That nothing, no thing can separate us from the love of God and through Jesus Christ. That in Jesus we are more than our past. In everything that we've done, doing, or will do, When it's laid at the feet of Jesus seeking forgiveness, we are forgiven. So now what? Now, what do we do? We have proclaimed the truth, we have praised the Father for it, we have heard His words, His love for our life. Now, what? We're sitting at the edge of freedom wondering what to do next. Where do we go next? How do we embrace this promised life in Jesus? And I believe, now I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. And I'll probably be wrong again within the next 24 hours. But I believe how we How you, me, we as a church respond to this morning's conversation will determine how our tomorrow will be and how it could set the next stage for the season of life that God has for us. And right now, you're open to a passage of scripture that's just going to walk us and help us get there. Joshua. Joshua. Joshua 5. Joshua was a servant of the Lord that leads God's people. Moses had done so for the past 40 years. God used Moses to pull his people out of captivity in in Egypt. He brought them to the edge of the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, a place where they'd be able to embrace a life to the full that God had for his people. But Moses died. He didn't take him into the promised land then God called Joshua to step up and to lead his people. But it wasn't like, hey man, I want you to go do this. When God called Joshua up, he said, I will be with you every step of the way. In fact, he told Joshua, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. Do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. I will be with you wherever you go. And then God told Joshua to go prepare his people to go to the land of Canaan. To get ready to go to the promised land and receive the promised life. And so that's what Joshua started to do. He gathered all Israel for the journey to the city of Jericho, which was at the edge of the land of Canaan. And on their way, they came to the Jordan River and God commanded the priests that were with him to take the Ark of the Covenant and step into the water. And when they stepped into the water, the water pulled back. And all Israel crossed the Jordan River on dry ground. Doesn't that sound familiar? Doesn't it sound like a little something like Moses and maybe the Red Sea? And then as they were walking across in dry ground, God tells them, hey, listen, grab 12 stones, one for each tribe of Israel, and bring them to the other side, and set them up as a reminder to you how faithful and how good God is. Doesn't that sound familiar? Well, this is where we slow down and step in and see what God has for us. So if your Bible's open, Joshua chapter five, look at verse 13. And it says, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. He went up to him and said, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place you're standing is holy ground. And Joshua did so. Again, pretty familiar, right? This is a great place for us to start the commander of the Lord's army arrives with his sword drawn, ready for battle. A messenger of the Lord standing there telling Joshua that the Lord's army was present. And most scholars believe that it was the Lord's army of the heavenly hosts. And this commander came with the full power of the Lord behind him to lead Israel, God's people, to the promised land for the promised life. And I love when at this moment, how you see how Joshua responds. When he sees the Lord's command, when he understands who he's talking to and who's around him at this present, he says, what message does the Lord have for his servant? Not only did he recognize his position before God, he expected to hear from him. He knew there was a moment of divine communication that needed to take place and he came before him willing to Listen. Right now, as we're digging into God's word, we're coming to a moment where there's a need is a divine communication from God to your hearts. Did you come to listen? Did you come to hear God speak to you? Are we open and willing to listen? Bow down in reverence and understand who we are before. Understand that God wants to speak to us. Do we approach his word thinking that God's got a message for us? Do you get up in the morning and open up the scripture and have a conversation with God? Think, hey, I'm actually talking with the Lord and the creator of the world. Ooh. Or do you get up and say, know, oh, i got to do my devotion this morning. <laughs> Check. God's got a message. Did you walk in here this morning just because you're going to need to show up in church because it's Sunday? Or Did you walk in here expecting God to speak to your heart through worship or through his word? We, we're trying to break free and grab a hold of life that is fully life in Jesus Christ that God has for us, but there's barriers in front of us need to understand and be open and willing to listen that God's got a word for us, a message for us, a truth for us. So we can do just that. If we come before the Lord expecting nothing, man, we're gonna receive nothing. If we come thinking that God has nothing for us and not able to carry us or capable to break us through from what we're facing, prepare to be held captive. Not the other way around. Not taking captive every thought and making obedience to Christ. We become captive. if we don't believe that God wants to and he's able to and willing to work in our lives for his glory and for our best, man, what are we doing here? Because that's what the scripture tells me. God wants the best for us. Are we willing to listen? Or we're willing to push all the chaos aside and listen. Jumping into chapter 6, verse 1, we continue to go in. It says, now the gates of Jericho were secure and barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Let's just stop right there real quick. This is not in my notes. But as I was praying through this morning, you need to go back and read this entire story from Joshua 1 through Joshua chapter 6 because I only gave a little snippet. And, man, it's a beautiful story of what God can do. The reason that no one was going in, the reason no one was coming out, the reason the gates were shut is because the people in Jericho were afraid. The people in Jericho were afraid because they heard what God can do. They heard what he did at the Red Sea. They heard how he brought his people out and he set them free. They're like, oh snap, big G's coming. (laughs) Shut the door. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See how I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. Now march around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have the seven priests carry the trumpets and ram horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear the sound of a long blast and the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout and then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up and go, everyone will go straight in. The land that they were looking at, the land that they saw that was before them was the land that God promised their ancestors all the way back to Abraham. Is that this will be yours. It was a land overflowing with milk and honey, a land of abundance, the promised land and for the promised life. It was right there in front of them and Jericho was at the edge of the land and it was a walled city, literally a mountain-sized barrier that was in front of them from going where God wanted them to go and living the life that he had for them. And God told them that he in all his power and his army was with them and that he was present and that he had promised them victory. He also gave them the plan. Do this and it will be done. Do this and it will be done. All you have to do is trust me and obey me. Trust that I am who I say I am and I'll do what I said I will do and obey what I've called you to do. That simple. Now, I think this is a great time for us to stop and look back and take a deeper look into history. Because this is not the first time that God's people were at the cusp of receiving the promised land and the promised life. See, 40 years earlier with Moses, they were in the same position God pulled all of his people out of captivity. He he led them through the the Red Sea and dry ground. He defeated the Egyptian armies. He brought them to the edge of Canaan. And before they went in, he said, send some spies, investigate the land. And you need to see the report that these spies brought back. Look at Numbers chapter 13 on the screen, starting at verse 27. They gave Moses this account. This is the spies. They came back and said, okay, this is what we saw. We went into the land which you sent us and, as, and it does flow with milk and honey. God is faithful. And here is its fruit. They brought back some of the splendor like, dude, look at this stuff. Look what God has for us. But, but the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. Jump down to verse 31. It says, but the men who had gone up said to him, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they explored. And they said, the land we explored devours those who are living in it. And all we saw there were people of great size. We saw the Nephilim, which were the descendants of Anak. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Chapter fourteen, verse one, it said, "And all the members of the community raised their voices and they wept out loud." They were they were before everything that God freed them to have. And they looked at the giants before them and decided that they were too big. They looked at the thieves and the robbers that stood away from the abundant life that God had for them and says, You win, we lose. And it says the whole community weeped. Why? They went because they knew they were walking away from God's best. Because in their eyes, the barrier there they faced was greater than the God they served. They didn't trust God and obey. They didn't do what he commanded them to do. And the results was 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Now listen, while they were wandering in the wilderness, God was still faithful. God was still providing. He provided everything they needed. But the truth is, they never received all that he had for them because they didn't trust him enough to do what he called them to do. Now, I don't know about you, but this story hits too close to home. Too close to home in my life. We've been walking through with God for years. And if we're looking back, we're honest, man, he's brought us to this moment before. Maybe it's been more than once that God's been saying, listen, I have a life with so much more for you. All you just need to do is trust and obey me. But we kept on looking at these barriers, these thieves and robbers, saying they're too big, they're too strong, too hard, God. And last time we were here at the edge of embracing the life, we said they're too big. I'm too weak. And maybe we've spent the last several years wandering. And wondering is if this is as good as it gets. Oh, sure, God, is, God has been faithful, right? He's always going to be faithful, He's always going to provide for us because He loves us, and that's who God is, right? But the whole time, the life to the full, actually breaking free, kicking those barriers in the teeth, getting them out of the way, seemed like a distant dream. Because we responded like the Israelites. So what I love about the the story of Joshua It's a reminder to me that we serve a God of second chances. We serve a God of second chances. And that's absolutely awesome because this morning, many of us right here are standing right in front of our Jericho. We're standing right in front of our Jericho, a fortified city, literally a mountain-sized barrier. Right here with God. He says, Listen, I told you you would have victory. I've been present with you the whole time, and I will carry you through this. We've been here before. Now it's time for a different result. Come on. We have been here before, church. Now it's time for a different result. We're sitting at the edge of freedom. We've been proclaiming the truth. We've been saying amen. And it's time. It's time to grab a hold of a life that is truly life with Jesus. It's time to face the thieves and the robbers that are before us, stealing from us, killing us from the inside out. We have been here before. And maybe some of you in this room, man, this is your first time to the front row. You've been trying to think about this Jesus guy. You're trying to think about how much God loves you. You've heard of it, but now you're here, like, oh my gosh! And right, you're standing right here, and your barriers accepting Him, yeah. surrendering your life to Him, making Him the Lord of your life, That's keep it up. wanting, waiting, and praying and pleading for God's best. So the question. We have to answer is oh, too simple. Will we trust Him enough to obey Him? Will we trust God enough to obey Him? Will we trust Him? Will you trust Him? his power, his plan, his army, his desire, his word, when we obey him to do what he's called us to do, live the life he saved us to live. I mean, come on, look back. Before they even faced Jericho, he told, he told Joshua, listen, today I have given them city in your hands proclaiming victory before we can step on the battlefield. I have no idea what your Jericho is. I have no idea what your Jerichos are. By the way, Jerichos is just at the front edge of the entire promised land and as they defeated Jericho, they went to the next one, and the next one, and they all started falling. And they got all that God had for them. I don't know what your Jerichos are. I don't know what needs to fall in your life, but God is saying to you, what you fear, I've already defeated. What you're holding on to, I've already taken away. What you doubt, I already told you what is true. What is holding you down, I'm telling you that I've already given you a breakthrough. God told them that his heavenly army was there and all they needed to do is to obey, trust and obey him. And that is the same for us. That is the same for you, 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 and you. Now, being several thousand years removed from this, from this situation and God's plans, if you, hopefully God doesn't strike me, God's plans seem a little bit hokey I mean, come on, right? It seemed a little hokey what he, what he was telling them to do. I mean, put the religious guys up front as a symbol, with a symbol of your presence and faithfulness. That sounds pretty cool. I can get that. But to march around a fortified city once a day for six days in silence? And the seventh day to come around and, and do it seven times? And when these dudes blow their horns at the, at the end of the seventh day, we're supposed to, ah! crazy town right maybe that's the point maybe that's the point God wanting them to trust enough that even to do something when it sounds absolutely crazy to trust his lead and follow him, to do whatever it takes to break the stronghold in front of you. Defeat the enemy. Remove the barrier. Receive what God has for them. And maybe that's exactly what God wants from us. What he's looking for us. Maybe Crazy is what God wants that us to do to receive what He has for us because crazy is what needs to be done in order to receive it. So, what is the crazy that God is asking you to do? To trust Him, to break free. That you're like, well, that just seems radical, Rich. What? Maybe it's, maybe it's breaking off a relationship that does not honor God. Maybe it's stepping into a new job that to give you a new perspective an insight at what has been holding you down and what you have been missing. Maybe it's changing up your complete daily routine. Why? So you can spend time with God and his word. Whoa. That's too radical. We spent time with God. But the word is our sword. It's where we do, battle against the word, world with God. It's our weapon. Maybe it's time to end some friendships. So you have some friendships with people who are taking you down the wrong path to the wrong life. Maybe it's deleting some apps on your phone because they're too tempting. They consume your time or take you places and see things you shouldn't see. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's time to get the flip phone. <laughs> oh, snap, you're all gonna to walk out of that. <laughs> I stick every time i flip phone. I ain't the phone. <laughs> maybe it's crossing the country. Meeting a whole new group of people to love. God may be calling us to some crazy steps of obedience. But those steps, as crazy and as ridiculous as they may sound, are exactly what God wants to use in your life to break you free. Listen, listen. If you want the same life, continue living the same way. Okay? If you want to be held captive, you want to be held in bondage, you want to be held back, you want to see these barriers and think it's as good as it gets, continue living life the same way. But if you want a different life, a life of so much more, It may take some radical shifts in your life to receive it. By the way, it seems pretty radical for me for a guy to come, live the perfect life, die on a cross, a brutal death, rise from the grave so we can have a relationship with him and his father for all eternity. That seems pretty radical. If Jesus would do that for us, what are we willing to do for him? To receive all that he has for us. Joshua took God at his word. God is a man of his word. If he said it, we can believe it. And he did what he was asked for six days. And he marched around Jericho. And the army was quiet. And for six days, they did with that. Then, verse 15 of chapter six, on the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and they marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except on that day, they circled the city seven times. And the seventh day, sometime around, when the priests sounded the trumpet, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Joshua and Israel believed and obeyed God, and God gave them victory. On the seventh day, when they came around the seventh time they came around the seventh day, they, they shouted, and the trumpets blew and they shouted, and God gave them victory. More like he presented the victory that he already promised them. And here's this amazing idea insight to this idea of shouting to the Lord in a loud cry. See that Hebrew word that's used has two emphases at one time. It two emphases come together and make this word what it calls shout. The first this idea is a full weight of a battle cry. As they're coming around in the seventh day and the trumpets were sounding they were to shout with this battle cry. As to say we are coming at you with the full power in the name of the Lord with all of his armies, with all his power, and all his might. And at the same time, when they're crying on this battle cry, that as a second connotation is this, is that they were praising God for the victory. Yeah. They were shouting, we're coming at you, but God has already won. Amen. That's what you need to do for those barriers. That's what you need to do with those thieves and robbers. You need to go at them crying out and a shout to the Lord. Coming at you with all of my Jesus. And he's already given me victory. And we're praising him for that. You know, I believe that is the same that when we we're worshiping here on a Sunday morning, oh, we're singing His praises. We're declaring His truth on the, the words and the screen, and they're coming out of our mouths. And it's just like we see every Sunday. It happened this Sunday at the end of the song. We're clapping, we're hooting, we're hollering, we're praising. Why? Because we're shouting to the Lord. We're coming at everything that's against us with all his power, with all his might, and we're praising victory in his name. The victory over the Jerichos, the victory over every battle. taken captive every thief, every robber every thought every decision every hurt, every pain every heartache every doubt and make it meet Jesus yes. I don't know what your jerk is. I don't know a battle you're facing I don't know the stronghold. But I know the one who does. And I know the one who has already given you victory over it. Will you trust him enough to obey him? To receive it? Amen? Now go crush your jerichos. <clears throat> Father, we thank you. We praise you. We love you and we worship you. You are a mighty God. And today we shout. We shout to you and proclaim victory over everything that's been holding us back. Telling us that we're not worthy. Telling us we we can't we have or receive what you have for us. Lord, my tears are tears of praise. I pray that as we walk out these doors, that we won't forget your word to us this morning. I pray that you help this church, all of my family in front of us, break free. Meet them wherever they're at, Lord. Remind them the truth of your word so they can grab a hold, a life to the full. That Jesus gave for them. And if you're here in this room or watching online, and your first barrier is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I plead with you this morning don't enter life outside these doors until you make it right with the one who created you and the one who sent his son to die to save you. At the end of the service, come forward and talk to our prayer team. In fact, right now I'm going to invite them to come forward. Come forward and talk to our our prayer team. Have a conversation with them about what, what it means to accept Jesus. And before you walk out the doors, pray and give him your life. So in two weeks, as we celebrate Easter, Father, that they too will be celebrating that they've crossed the threshold from death to life in Jesus' name. Or if you're in this room and you're like, okay, Rich, I got this. I don't know how to break free. I know God wants me to do this, but I need some help. Come forward. Let us pray with you. Let's pray over you. Let's connect you with someone to help you walk through what you're facing. But if we have said every single week through this series that we all have barriers, we all have thieves and robbers, maybe some of them are just too hard to walk alone through. Well, we sang a song this morning that you are not alone. God is with you always. And you have a church who wants to walk Besides you, God, whatever it is, we give them, give it all to you. In your son's name we pray.